It is week seven in the National Football League, and we are Six Rings and Football Things, the Cadillac's Crucial Clashes edition. We bring critical matchups each and every week in terms of Patriots and that week's opponent. This week, it's the Buffalo Bills, who used to be the sort of uh, piñata for the Patriots in the Tom Brady era when he would just win pretty much every game he ever played against the Bills, although... Let's be honest, he won almost every game he played against almost everybody over the course of his career. Uh, Now, not so much. Now the hammer resides in New York with the Bills. You have Josh Allen. You have a team that's won the division the last couple of years. But you also have a team that opens this season kind of, I would say, maybe Dallas Cowboys fashion. They're up, they're down. You think they're good. You're not sure they're good. They have a better point differential than the high-scoring Dolphins, but they're in second place. They have a win over the Dolphins. So before we get into the matchups here, Mike Cadlick from WEEI.com, yes. let's just get a general overview of what you think about the Buffalo Bills. Are they, for example, I look at Josh Allen's stat line and he has six interceptions in six games. So normally mm-hmm. you'd be like, that, that's not very good. You're on pace for 17 interceptions, but he also still has a 102 passer rating because, oh, he also has 13 touchdown passes right. in those games. So Josh Allen, the Bills, are they good great are they unpredictable like where do you put the bills in the hierarchy definitely i agree with the unpredictable term i think they're a team that you know has definitely had some highs and lows over the course of i mean the last four years but really they've also won the division each of the last three since brady left and so it really has been theirs to lose um they made the afc championship game they're a shoe in for the divisional round almost every almost every postseason so i mean to sit here and say that there's there's lows there hasn't been really lows they're just we expect i guess maybe from new england perspective if if you're going to be a good team you're going to be in the super bowl just about every single year and so um i mean they're they're a great team i keep hearing rumblings not not hearing rumblings but everyone's like oh maybe they need to finally get rid of sean mcdermott and it's like Sean McDermott's a pretty good coach in this mm-hmm. league. Like he's he's a top tier NFL coach, I would say. And I mean, yeah, they they hit their ups and downs. And you saw the thing with Dayball and against the Giants. And you know, they play down to their opponent for sure. I think. Um, but at, at the same time, again, as far as Josh Allen goes, you, you mentioned the the turnovers. That's just the kind of that's the brand of football he plays. He's going to go out there and sling it. It's going to work more often than not. But sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes he makes a stupid play. May cost the team a drive. May even cost the team a game every once in a blue moon. But um, no, I think I think Buffalo's a, a solid team. I think they're in as far as the hierarchy. I think you know you talk about the Chiefs and the Eagles and the 49ers as the, you know, maybe the top three teams in the NFL, and then it goes to Buffalo in my opinion, um, especially with Cincinnati having a down year. And so um, it's going to be tough to stop them. I think they've not only has Josh Allen. Um, been a perennial MVP candidate for the last four years. He's also completely dominated the Patriots, and we'll get to that in one of our matchups. But even the games you think Josh Allen goes out there and looks like 2017 Josh Allen, where he was, you know, given throwing the ball backwards against the Texans his rookie year in the playoffs. Like, no, when he plays the Patriots, he looks more like Tom Brady than he does Josh Allen. And so, um, going to be tough, good team, and, uh, Obviously, we'll see how this one plays out. But no, I I don't um, I don't doubt the Bills as much as some other people do. I think they're they're a solid club. I do too. Um, I don't think their window is closed like right. a lot of Patriots fans wanted to uh, indicate this offseason this summer. I actually think they're a Tre'Davious White injury away from being 
as solidly built as almost any team in football when you look at sort of coach, quarterback, offensive weapon, pass yeah. rush, top corner. So they lose that top corner. Like other than that, they kind of check off all the boxes you'd want to check off as a football team. And then the Josh Allen thing, I like him. To me, he's he's one of my favorite players to watch. And yeah. I understand it's probably infuriating at times to be a Bills fan. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yep. Because he does the thing where like, I feel like every season, every every national game, he's like, yeah, I'm going to take care of the football more. And it's about making good decisions. And then he gets out there and he's just slinging it into double yeah. down the <laughs> field. And and you take the good, you take the bad. Like he he's capable of it. Like he's really Well, you good. mentioned he's, you mentioned slinging it into double coverage, right? Like there will be, you know, two out of three times he slings it into double coverage, but it's a perfect throw right between the right. safety and the corner into Diggs' hands yep. for a touchdown. And, you know, there's the, there's the few times where it's underthrown or Diggs doesn't get off his route correctly and it gets picked off by a safety. But it's like those are the things you got to live with when you have a quarterback with that kind of talent. And I know why he does it because, like you said, if I do it three times, two times it's going to work. And exactly. that's plus for me. He's like a casino, right. like – He's going to win more often than not. He's he, the yes. house money is on Josh Allen to to succeed. Even if every once in a while, like casinos, every once in a while they take a bath, right? You always yep. see these like percentages of liability. Like if Colorado somehow wins the national title, <laughs> casinos are absolutely effed yep. this year, right? But right. more often than not, the casino wins. That's why they build really fancy eyeball looking spherical <laughs> imagery or whatever yeah. the trick that thing's called. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and the the Sean McDermott thing. I was a little late to him. I kind of had my Same. doubt about him. Yeah. And some of it was idiotically um, visual, I guess I will say. Sometimes he just looks dumb on the sideline or has like a red <laughs> face. I don't know. He looks. Yeah. But sometimes he looks like he like is confused. Almost yes. like, wait, why did, Why am I all, like he snapped into it. And all of a sudden he's like, I'm on an NFL field right now. Right. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, the totality of his work, he's a right. good coach. And OK, so maybe he's not Belichick. In his heyday, he's not Andy Reid or or whatever, but like that next tier of good, solid. I mean, in a world where we find there are dumb coaches and bad coaches and and like ineptitude, he's on the higher end of the oh, coaching yeah. spectrum. So, um, yeah, and and I gotta be honest with you, and I know Patriots fans don't like. I kind of like the Bills in general. Like, I just kind of like like when they wear their red uniforms. I think those yeah. are sweet. Um, like I like Josh Allen, and they've built a nice franchise and they go out and they they try to add what they need whether it's Vaughn Miller or Leonard Floyd or like it's just I don't know I find them a kind of likable team and and I know Patriots fans probably don't yeah, want to I hear agree. that but all no, right. they have that sort of like you know the Kendrick Bourne talked about the Patriots having an underdog attitude and yesterday and uh, look I like Kendrick Bourne I think he said all the right things the Patriots owned the NFL for 20 years it's kind of hard to take in the underdog but Buffalo has that like yes they've always been doubted they were bottom of the barrel AFCs they lost four Super Bowls in a row you know like all that stuff and now it's like oh we're pretty good and people still doubt us like that's that's something fun to get around I think as a Bills fan and they're Buffalo they're sort of the AFC version of the Packers like they're not a big city they're kind of off in their own little world there but they find a way or they did in the 90s to be good now they're back they built a franchise they're getting a new stadium they're kind yep. of I don't know. They're that second tier, in my opinion, like market, but great fan base and finds a way to be good now once again. Um, all right. So let's get into the game, the matchups, yep. everything that's going in. Actually, let's circle around to the Patriots for just a second because you brought up sure. Kendrick Bourne. 
didn't love the underdog thing because last I heard a person talking about underdogs, it was the Red Sox, it was Heim Bloom, and it really just yeah undercut the entirety of the rest of their season, ended his career. Um, so I'm not sure I like that, and I agree with you. Patriots are not an underdog yet. They need like four more years like this one, and then maybe they'll become underdogs. But yeah, this is your first really bad year. Like you're the, no, no one's going to buy that. No one's going to, no, no, no. You beat right. the snot out of us for two decades. We're not letting you be underdogs just yet. Kind of thing. But you can tell they sell it. Like, like oh, yeah. Kendrick Bourne talking about, talking about that. And then remember Brady when, uh, when they beat the chargers a couple oh, yeah. years ago in the playoffs, like everybody said, we can't do it. Everybody doubted us. It's like, dude, no. you're Tom freaking Brady, man. Yeah. Like, no, we no, no, knew. No. we're not letting you do that. You are still yeah. the Patriots. You're, you're not the Dick McPherson Patriots just yet. You got a ways right. to go before I allow you to call yourself an underdog. Um, and, and then the other thing, this whole, I want to get your opinion on this. Cause I think it's sure. the biggest story of the week that hasn't been a story. Okay. Um, Malik Cunningham Mm -hmm. was the backup quarterback last week. And therefore you couldn't pull Mac Jones because I'm sorry, Malik Cunningham is not prepared to play 30 minutes, 40 minutes of play after play football, run the offense. We know Bill always puts a premium on running the operation. Like the quarterback before he can make plays or even mistakes has to be able to huddle up, know what he's doing, make the line calls, make any adjustments. I don't think Malik Cunningham can do that because I don't think Malik Cunningham has been prepared to do that. Correct. And then this week, Bill was asked if he could play the whole game if he needed to. And he was like, well, he said something like he's young and he's getting better and we'll we'll get. No, no. Last week he was in that position. Bill, you've told me for years the backup quarterback is one play away. Whether you're on offense or defense, you prepare for the other team's backup because they're one play away and you may have to defend that guy the whole game. And you have to be ready for your guy to play one play away. Tom Brady went down on the first drive of the season in 2008. Yep. Like, did they not know the rule? Did they think Malik? I, I, I'm re- I don't genuinely know. WTF is how I respond to this whole week of Malik Cunningham. I almost feel like they didn't know that Bailey Zappi couldn't play. I don't know. And it's a good question. And I, I've thought about it too, a few times, like day after day, something, some little, other little like nugget comes out. Like, like Bill asked about it and said, well, yeah, maybe he would have played. I don't know. Or like he spoke with, uh, he spoke with Doug Kide after the game out in Vegas and Cunningham was like, yeah, we kind of tried to hide it, but like he wasn't throwing in warmups. Right. Zappy was still throwing in warmups. Um, the reports came out that he could have been benched with poor play and yeah, it should have been Zappy or Greer. And it's like, then the report, the injury or the, the inactives come out and both of those guys can't play unless there's injury. Like it was so bizarre. The whole thing was really bizarre. And I don't know if you're right, if they didn't know the rule or if they were just kind of throwing shit out there, stuff out there. We can swear on a podcast yeah. to see if it sticks. And I mean, they're lucky that I guess the game didn't get out of hand and Mac didn't throw another pick after another pick. And he really, he settled in after that first half interception a little bit, I would say. Right. Um, but I don't know. Were they going to turn to Cunningham or were they just confident in Mac? Like I, it was really bizarre to see that, that injury or the, the inactive support come out. And I don't know what their plan was. And I, look, I don't think Bill doesn't know the rule. Um, I think they were just maybe not prepared to have a backup quarterback. I don't know. Well, the only thing I do wonder, and this is going to sound like a shot at Bill, I guess, and the Patriots, whatever. But That's okay. They're one in five. Those are a lot. <laughs> right. If, if Mac had, let's just say Mac breaks his leg on the first play of the game. Yeah. I don't know that it's 
beyond them. And again, this is kind of a shot for like then Malik Cunningham to say, oh, my leg Ow. and pull a hammy. And now, <laughs> yeah. like, I guess you could do that. But it just, the whole thing is weird. So, yeah, I agree. That's sort of where my head just went at, too. It's like, okay, both get hurt. Zappi can come in. Fine. I, right. I don't put that past them. But right. that's not really what we were worried about this week. We were worried yeah. about the benching. and Short leash. If someone gets short Crap leash. Sheet poor said play. Short leash, whatever, X right. hours earlier. And there was no short leash. He, he, was, had, he, was, he was the dog that just got electric fence and now has the whole damn yard to play with. Exactly. Like, yeah. I, uh, okay, I'm that glad. was weird. No, it was weird. The whole thing's weird. I'm with you. I, I don't know what the thinking was. Um, maybe they're more prepared to play Malik than they're letting on. Um, doesn't it, you wouldn't think that would be the case because he was just on the practice squad for five weeks and then was elevated and all of a sudden, like I, it's it is. It's a weird. It's a weird situation. Belichick is botching quarterbacks every single step of the way right before our very eyes. Is my is my take on Belichick with QBs. Okay, that's the 13-minute mark with our promo for social media. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, I mean, he is. It's true. Like, and now you got me all fired up, Andy. But this this dang Mac Jones thing, I go every single week. I I ebb and flow with I, I Mac's a good player. And no, he's making mistakes. And maybe he's not that good. And then it's like, well, the offensive line is awful. And the receivers aren't there. And all the timing gets messed up. And Mac never got a fair shake. And I'm back to... Max pretty good, but never got a fair shake and is irretrievably broken. That's kind of where I am in my Mac Jones cycle right now. I don't know if he could go elsewhere and be good anymore because I think his his mental game might be broken. I don't know. But he's screwed here, and I don't think there's there's a way to bring it back. I just don't. So uh, if you were putting together, let's call it the Uncle Rico support group, I think yeah. you could find a lot of quarterbacks over the years in the NFL that think, if it weren't for the three offensive coordinators in three right. years, if it weren't for this dumbass head coach, if it weren't for a crappy line, if it weren't, and I'm not saying that's wrong. I actually think spot, but again, when he arrived in New England, everybody was like, Mac Jones landed in the perfect spot. Stability and his career is going to take off. Um, okay, so just last quick, and we'll get right to the uh, matchups. Malik yeah. Cunningham this week against the Bills will be the They'll have three quarterbacks active. If that's yeah. the case, I think yeah. it's even more a sign than they didn't know what the hell was going on last week. Yeah, I something, agree. Something's a but, mess, but I think Zappy will be the backup in case something happens. And I think there will be more Malik Cunningham in the offense this week, whether it's so positive plays from Malik. Yeah. 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 I'm ready that's, for that's, it. I'm here that's for my it. Thought. My, I'm not going to lie to you right now. And this may be a sad week seven dream. Yeah. My very simple um week seven dream is Malik Cunningham rolls out he hits Demario Douglas for a touchdown like I just want to see the cool. two play like I yeah. just want to see those guys play and do stuff yeah, they're athletic fun. they're young they're fun they have upside there's something they offer something that few players on this team do and like get me entertained so 100%. anyway let's get into the entertaining aspect of this six rings and football things Cadillac's crucial clashes podcast with clash number one for the Buffalo Bills on Sunday at Gillette when you talk about the entertaining stuff, the entertaining stuff is talking about Malik and Demario going for touchdowns. This is yeah. the stuff where it's like, oh, maybe they're not going to win the football game. But first one is that Bills front seven, their pass rush, um, I guess against the offensive line in general. But specifically, I'm going with the right tackle spot because uh, Vidarian Lowe last week was not good. Uh, at all he let up the safety to max crosby and 
I want to give Lowe a little bit of uh, leeway here. Uh, look, the guy's not that great at right tackle in the NFL. He's just not. He was, no. uh, he was a late-round pick. He was traded for a late-round pick. Um, this is not the spot he's meant to be in. But because of the way they've built this offensive line and the way they've um, built, I guess, the coaching staff with Clem, and I don't know if I want to put everything on Clem either because he's not given the high enough quality players to maybe try and coach them up. So having said that, Lowe wasn't great last week. Um, I was looking at some numbers, and he is second to last in the NFL in pressures given up with 27 this season. Ooh, somebody's worse? Yes, uh, Evan Neal from the Giants. Oh, okay. Yeah, interesting, because he was a first-round pick. I was um, going to say, I'd rather have my just random dude I picked yes. up late suck than my first-round pick suck. I would agree. Um, but so, having said that, very low right tackle against this uh, front seven, but... Lo and behold, here comes your guy, Connor McDermott, this week. Who thank Bill God Belichick, we have him. Yeah, Bill Belichick said, thank God we have him. Uh, I wrote in on WEI.com this morning that those sweatshirts should have actually said no one is coming except for J.C. Jackson and Connor McDermott uh, because <laughs> they've made plenty of roster moves since then, yep. uh, including McDermott this week, which I found interesting. He was um, put on IR before the season. He was then released with an injury settlement, and now he's back. Um, and he was signed to the practice squad, but it wouldn't shock me this week at all if he is either elevated, uh, signed to the active roster, but ultimately starts at right tackle this week. Um, they need a change. I think Lowe just is not up for it. Um, and again, back to the little thing real quick. Like, he shouldn't have been one-on-one with Max Crosby at the end of the game, and that's the position they put him in. Like, I, I don't know what they were thinking. Um, Mac maybe could have got the ball away, and we can do this. But we're on to Buffalo. This yep. is the matchup. Um, this, this front with, uh, I'm, I'm looking at some names, Leonard Floyd, Epinesa, Ed Oliver, who Bill Belichick called, you know, one of the best they'll play. Yep. Um, they're going to have a hard time, no matter who they line up, not only on the right side, but on the left as well. Trent Brown banged up. So the right tackle spot with all the injuries on the front with these guys who the bills, um, their first in sacks this season with 24, uh, Again, it, go, it comes down to the offensive line, and it's always going to. And this is arguably their toughest task yet with one of the best fronts in football. So uh, curious to see how they how they try and match this thing up. Yeah, on paper, this is a bloodbath. On paper, yeah, yeah it they, is. They average four sacks a game. They have inside rushers, outside rushers. Yep. You can't block inside. You can't block outside. Mac is under duress. You want to hear my um, low-hanging fruit of a Darian Lowe joke? Sure, sure. So I'm I'm assuming you've seen the uh, Hulu commercials where Jalen Hurts finds out that his name is not Hurts. It's Hulu has more live sports because they yes. expanded his nameplate on his jersey one day. Oh, God. Yep. Come to find out the equipment guy in New England, he was putting uh, Vidarian Lowe's jersey away and he just realized it actually says blow on the back. <laughs> but I'm um, sorry. That's a cheap shot, Vidarian. You're yeah, in the no, NFL. You deserve some respect. Yeah. As I said on Spick Rings other podcast, I wish you well in the XFL or whatever the spring yeah. league is. Because I mean, again, like, and I don't, and you're right. Like, and I, I try and tell this line between saying these guys are trash because, like, again, not only do we cover them and I see them in the locker room every day, right. but like, it's it's a NFL offensive lineman. That guy would smoke me in a yeah. in a Oklahoma drill. And like, the position he's been put in is not where he's supposed to be. Not only starting right. when he was this, you know, a developmental tackle and starting, but not having help against a Max Crosby. Like, that's what's going to happen, and that's not his fault. 
Right. Anyway, um, back to just, but yeah, that that is funny with blow. That, that's just uh, <laughs> yeah, and I, I say it to my son and his friends all the time when they say this guy blows, that guy blows, this guy's trash, this guy's garbage. He's the best athlete to come out of his high school. He's the best athlete to come out right. of his town. He's the best athlete to come out of his general area. He's in the NFL. He's not trash. He just reached a level where it happens to everybody. Somebody's better, you know. Right. Everybody has felt that pain, unless your name is like Jordan, Brady, LeBron, like exactly. everybody else has felt the pain of not measuring up to the competition. And that's low. Um, I also just thought about it like you were ripping Bill earlier at the 13 yeah. minute mark for um, <laughs> for the promo. Yep, here we go. Yeah, for blowing the quarterback position, basically mismanaging it nonstop. And if you really think about it, the three most important positions on an offensive football team are quarterback, pass catcher, number one receiver and mm-hmm. tackle. And you could argue Belichick has absolutely mismanaged and blown. Sorry, Verdarian Lowe. This time I'm actually talking about Bill, not you. Blown those decisions, those positions. Like I, yep. I think both tackle positions suck because I think you you hitched your wagon to Trent Brown, who you you always regret it when you trust Trent Brown. In my opinion, the receiver position, you decided Juju Smith Schuster was better than Jacoby. You decided Devontae Parker's good. You, like you have mismanaged the three most important positions on offense over the last three, four, five years. And it's the damnedest thing. You score 12 points a game. It's funny yeah, how that right. works. Yeah. Like it's, it's not rocket science. Yeah. And then he's asked after the game, like, oh, well, you know, what's the fix? And he says, well, I don't know. And it's like, well, you probably should know that this is where you put this team in the position. Correct. You put them in. I can tell you the fix. Get a better yeah. quarterback, get a better offensive line, get better pass catchers, and your offense will be better. Very right. simple. Okay. Yeah. Uh, crucial clash number two for Mike Cadlick. Yep. Uh, I alluded to it earlier a little bit. And uh, again, you talk about a bloodbath. I think this one has sort of turned into a bloodbath as of late. Um, And it's Josh Allen versus Bill Belichick versus this defense. Uh, He started his career 0-3 against the Patriots um, with a little caveat that that was during the uh, Tom Brady era. So Take that with a grain of salt. It was it was not only a Tom Brady error, but what it was when Josh Allen stunk before he had Brian Dayball to screw his head on another uh, another round around the sun. Um, but five and one in his last six games uh, hasn't been that competitive. Allen has a ninety nine point two passer rating versus the Patriots in those last six games. Thirteen touchdowns, two picks. Um, an interesting note: he has not had a rushing touchdown versus them in this six game stretch. So. They keep him in check on the ground a little bit, but um, again, five and one dominant, um, not only him and we'll get to it with Stefan Diggs in the third clash, a little, little preview there, but um, yeah, they, they haven't had answers for Josh Allen in their last six games. Um, I don't know if the offense has been up to speed on our side to uh, sort of put up with it, but nonetheless, um, that guy's dominant. And uh, we mentioned it earlier where he makes some boneheaded plays every once in a while against certain teams. And he's, you know, he's bound to throw you one and, you know, he might have a down week. He, he rarely ever throws the Patriots one lately. Um, he rarely ever has a down week against the Patriots. He plays up to new England um, and it's going to be tough to stop. And I thought it was interesting too yesterday, listening to bill. Normally he goes up on his, you know, on his soapbox every Wednesday and gushes over every opponent and every player. And this guy's awesome. He didn't do that again for the Bills offense. He, he really said nothing uh, of them. He really just said, yeah, Josh and Gabe and Stefan and James Cook, they're all good. And then he just went on to the defense. I don't know if that's a, a mind game. I don't know if that's just him realizing that, oh, this team's really good and I'm not going to have to give them any love here. But uh, they have dominated the Patriots offensively. So that's a, that is a matchup I'm watching to see if they can try and stop it. 
Yeah, you talk about the positive consistency for Josh Allen of late against the Patriots, maybe even more consistent than against other teams. Um, some would say he still holds a grudge for when Bill Belichick said he was not an MVP candidate to the ESPN right. crew when they went public with it and Bill was pissed off oh, about yeah, it. Oh, yeah, that's right. I think I think Josh Allen's got a little bee in his bonnet. If you remember, he did the – there was a report he did Gillette commercials to stick it to the Patriots because he knew uh, it was Gillette Stadium. Like, I think he has a thing – Okay. He has a chip on his shoulder since Bill disrespected him or he felt disrespected by Bill. That it, And it's a, it's a division rival and all that, too. Right. But I think there's a little bit more momentum, focus, energy, something to prove every time he takes. Oh, Bill Belichick's great. Oh, Bill Belichick takes away this. Bill Belichick does yep. that. Yeah, we'll see. The whole, the whole like, um, you know, a rookie QB takes him out of the game and, you know, yeah. someone who's inept or, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? prone to turnovers like yep. he'll get that guy to throw one so let's see yeah i exactly. think josh allen's got a thing for bill belichick and yep um he's having another good year like you said 13 and 2 that's that's pretty rude and i right. didn't know that he doesn't have a rushing touchdown so using the christian fourier school of gambling uh, he's due to have a rushing touchdown yeah. against the <laughs> patriots at some point yeah. um so yeah i josh allen we talked about it earlier he's one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch whether you know him and Joe Burrow are kind of my modern favorite quarterbacks to watch. I think yeah. he's a lot of fun. Um, and he's tough to deal with because when he's on, the, the Patriots saw it. Was that last year? There was one game where he literally in a short span did everything. He ran around you. He ran, th ran a guy over. Yeah. He threw a touch pass. He threw a bullet pass. And you're like, I know the local scribes believe when Bill says somebody can make all the throws, it's like a shot at that. I think Josh Allen can do absolutely anything you need him to do at the quarterback position. He doesn't Correct. always, but if you want a tush push, I'll take my chances with Josh Allen. If you want him to run a sweep and go down the sideline, mm -hmm. I'll take my chances with Josh Allen. You want him to throw a rifle between three guys, I'll take Josh Allen. You want to put a little touch on a little fade? I think he like I think yeah, he's, he's got really freaking good. So Patriots pass defense still banged up. Still yeah. questions about the pass rush and the pass coverage post injuries. Yep. Um, you got picked apart by Brian Hoyer at times in the second half last week, and now Josh Allen's coming to town. So, well, I was thinking luck. about that when you mentioned you mentioned earlier about being prepared for not only the startup but the backup. I don't think they were ready for Brian Hoyer last week because who he can came be? in the game? I mean, can, yeah, you really, can you really be ready for him? Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> okay. He, he, so he made now, a nice pass on that uh, on that deep post. That was pretty. No, good. No, he looked pretty good. He looked yeah, he better than my mind thinks of Brian Hoyer being. Right. Like. Um, now, our third matchup, crucial clashes to keep an eye on. This is one that I think flies in the face of uh, Patriot history, Patriot narrative, and what Bill Belichick does to an opponent. So what's number three on your list? It's Stefan Diggs. It's versus uh, J.C. Jackson, who, um, you know, I wrote about it a little bit, and I'm sort of, you know, using that as my notes here and what Stefan Diggs has done to the Patriots in his last call it six matchups. Uh, I'll quickly read it off because he has had six catches for 92 yards. He's had nine catches for 145 and three touchdowns. Ouch, He's babe. had four catches for 51, and that was in the Blizzard game. That's the low here. Uh, seven catches for 85 and a touchdown. Seven catches for 91 and a touchdown. And seven catches for 104 and a touchdown. Stephon so you're telling Diggs me owns that, the Patriots. So when I do my FanDuel bet of the week, a Stefan Diggs anytime touchdown is a safe bet. I would say. Um, I, do you remember that game? We had three touchdowns. It was 2020, and he was just done. And I it, that was on J.C. Jackson, who yep. 
I have here is in the matchup because uh, JC with the Patriots in his first stint was very, very good. Obviously, mm-hmm. he got he went and he got paid by LA, and it was he was deservingly so. The one guy who he could not stop clearly, as those numbers just mentioned, was Stefan Diggs. Um, they're probably going to have to put JC Jackson back on Diggs this weekend because Jonathan Jones is hurt and hasn't practiced so far this week. Uh, Jack Jones is coming back from IR, but I still don't think he's going to be back right away. Um, obviously Christian Gonzalez out for the season. Marcus Jones is on IR. Like they don't really have an answer for Diggs again this week, unless it's JC Jackson, who in theory is your best corner right now and has had a tough time against Stefan Diggs. Um, if you do go to WEI.com, I'm not going to get into all the weeds here, but in the crucial clashes column, you can see JC Jackson's numbers versus, uh, Stefan Diggs compared to versus everybody else. And the difference is, uh, is startling. Actually, there's one that I want to I want to um, outline here, and it's that J.C. Jackson against Stephon Diggs has let up three touchdowns and only had one interception against everybody else. He's let up five touchdowns and picked the ball off 24 times. So he's dominant against others, and he's not good against Diggs. Um, so I'm curious to see how they again how they defend this guy because we talk about and you talked about just now. Bill Belichick's thing is taking away the best defender or the best offender and letting everybody else beat you. That has not been the case with the Bills. The reason has been because they've used JC against him and it hasn't worked out. And here we are again. JC's back. Gonzalez isn't here. And it's gonna be it's gonna potentially be tough setting with uh, with JC on Diggs this week. We'll see how it plays out. But I'm curious to see how they how they line up against him. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting because I do think Buffalo's a team, like there's some teams where you know, you say even last week, okay, you take away Devontae Adams, they still got Jacoby Myers, who's pretty good. Like right. Stefan Diggs is by far the best weapon the Bills have. He is the guy who changed the trajectory of that franchise with his yep. arrival with Josh Allen, the whole thing. Isn't that funny it, how that works? It, it is funny how that works. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if you could do the Belichick thing and hold him to three catches for 28 yards, that's a really nice first step towards maybe upsetting the Bills. And you're Correct. a heavy underdog and all that. The problem is. You haven't done it in the past when you had more opportunities to do that. Not only in the past did you have a better J.C. Jackson or whoever else, you had Devin McCourty, who I think if you're going to bracket somebody, he's borderline a corner. I'm not sure. I mean, forget J.C. Jackson. Like, I don't really want Miles Bryant around Stephon Diggs. I don't really. And I don't really want Peppers or Duggar. Like, I don't think these are good matchups. This is a great matchup for Stephon Diggs. Like, almost regardless of which one or two players are around him, I like the matchup from a Bills perspective. So um, this is as big a challenge as there is this. This might be as big a challenge as Vidarian Lowe in the, the line face, like everything. This is this could be the game. If you win this yep. clash, I think that's a first step towards maybe pulling off a miraculous upset or even just hanging around and making it tighter than people think it should be. So totally. We'll see. Uh, history would say that's probably not going to happen, but hey, history's been exactly. wrong a lot. History's been wrong a lot, so we'll see what happens. Um, okay, so let's look at the general game matchup in and of itself. I believe it's still eight and a half point favorites for the Buffalo Bills, yep. largest home underdog status for the Patriots since I believe 2001 when the Rams came to town. So, yes, pre dynasty, yet again, yep. we're talking about pre dynasty negative things um, with this football team. Patriots have 20 players. On the injury report, six that did not practice. I believe all six would be considered starters that did not practice. Um, first of all, what do you make of the health status of the team? I know some people were saying, oh, maybe Bill's playing games with the injury report. And I'm like, well, what's the game to tell everybody right. we're stuck and we're hurt? Like, I don't, 
What's the upside to, to putting 20 guys on the injury report? Yeah, I don't know. I think um, I think they're all hurt. I think they're banged Me up. Me too. Um, because so and so, I actually yesterday down in Foxborough, I said this. I was like, "What are they doing here? Are they just doing this to to needle someone? Are they just doing this to give themselves excuses?" But then I went through everyone, and they're all real injuries that we've all mm. actually seen. They're, right. Very few of them are something you could call a phantom injury, like maybe Trent Brown with his chest. We never saw that happen, and Sean Wade with his shoulder. But everybody else was an in-game injury that they either left the game for for a period of time or didn't return at all. Right. So they're all actually hurt here. Um, and again, maybe it is, for example, like uh, call it Ramondre Stevenson, his ankle injury. Um, maybe it's not as bad as the letting on and he sat out for one play. And so for whatever reason, just to give us something to talk about and speculate on for no reason, they li- they call him limited. But I don't really see what the point of that is. Um, yeah, I don't either. I actually read our, our our good friend Mike Giardi wrote about this on uh, on BSJ. How maybe it's Bill using it as an excuse for the end of the season, where, hey Robert, we were bad, but look at all the injuries we had. You know, we were only in week six, and we had twenty guys listed on our injury report. Like, I need another chance here with a healthy team. Like, it, it, giving himself sort of like a, a dossier of things to bring to craft at the end of the season. That's not the dumbest thing I've heard. I don't hate that. Um, that's that's the one where I would say, okay, maybe uh, they're sort of fudging it a little bit. But no, I think these guys are. I mean, you look at the list yesterday. Every single one of them, just about, is a real injury with video. Yeah. So, okay, so they're banged yeah. up. They stink. Yep. Um, it's a bad <laughs> yeah. matchup. Uh, Mike Cadlick, what is your expectation for the way the game plays out Sunday at Gillette Stadium, where I would expect to see a lot of number blue seventeen jerseys in the crowd? Yeah, um, I'm interested to see how how the crowd reacts. I'm interested to see how many people come down from from northern New York, um, see what happens there. But uh, as far as the game plays out, I talked about it last week, um, and I'll say it again this time. Until they prove it wrong, until they prove me wrong, I can't back the Patriots, not only just to win outright, but against the betting number two. Um, this Buffalo team is really good. Um People have said this could be upset alert because the Bills haven't, you know, played well and they're up and down. But I mean, even as I prepared and got ready for this show today and wrote my Thursday column about the matchups, like even the the close matchups that you look at as the key matchups, the Bills win everything. They win the Diggs matchup. They win the Josh Allen matchup. They win the front seven matchup. Three of arguably the most important ones to try and win this game this weekend. So I don't see how the Patriots can pull it out. Um I maybe say it's a, th- I, I like, I think the bills are going to score at will. I don't think the Patriots can score. I'm going to say 31, 13 Buffalo, maybe 31, 10, even. I don't know if the Patriots can get 13. We haven't seen it from the offense. They scored two touchdowns last week. They got in control a little bit, but against a much better defense against Buffalo than Vegas was last weekend. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I was the 10 and seven, 11 and six guy preseason, but man, they've proved me wrong so far this year. And until I show any promise again, I can't back them. So 31, 13 Buffalo is my final score prediction. Yeah. I'll make listeners make the jump over to the six rings preview yep. with Fitzy and I, but uh, I don't disagree with much of what you said. Um, first of all, I think the bills would have to lose the game and the Patriots right. haven't even really shown the ability to accept a loss this year. Figure out, forget about winning a game. They have three turnovers in six games. Like to to you have to accept the Josh Allen interceptions. You have to create <laughs> exactly. turnovers. They haven't even been able to do that. Then you mix in what could be a weird home crowd, a weird energy. 
uncertainty. Oh, the bills are a little banged up. Well, you're a lot banged up. Like there's almost, there's almost no way other than like cross your fingers and hope to pick the Patriots. And I made the mistake last week. I took the points against the uh, Raiders in a late. You safety. did. Wow. The hell out of me. Mm. I, well, I would have won if it weren't for yeah, the game at the end of the game. So that's why you don't like Vidarian low. <laughs> uh, that's part of it. That's certainly yeah. part of it. Plus he stinks. That's the other part yeah. of it. Um, so the Patriots, Mike Cadlick does not have this being a competitive game. He has Josh oh. Allen continuing to roll. Stefan Diggs continuing to roll. Either way, we roll into the weekend. It's football season. You get to watch football and that beats the rest of the year. So even if the Patriots stink, try to be entertained Sunday at one o'clock. Try yep. to take some joy out of what's going on. Hell, fixate on Malik Cunningham or Demario Douglas or some young player. Yeah, you I did this. So sorry to cut you off, but I, I wrote about this uh, on Tuesday where they're one in five. It's the season's over from a playoff perspective, but there are a couple things to look forward to. Talk about some young players. Heck, maybe not even Tuesday or Sunday at one o'clock. Turn on the games at, on Saturday at noon and start watching some quarterbacks. Start watching some top prospects because sure, you, you could be excited about football still, even though the Patriots are one and five. So you can check out that column too. But there, there's some things to look forward to here. That's right. Even uh, start your Patriot fandom on Saturday so that when people say which quarterback going in the top ten do you like, you have an answer. So exactly, Nick Penix, Caleb Williams, who becomes douchier by the week every time I get a report <laughs> off a of pro football talk, but. But anyway, that's a topic for the offseason. For the here and now, Buffalo Bills come to Gillette Stadium Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock. They are eight-and-a-half-point favorites. And Mike Cadlick says that's not enough. So we'll leave you on that cheery note. This has been Six Rings and Football Things, the Cadlick's Crucial Clashes editions, where the clashes seem less crucial by the week because they yep. just lose in the end anyway. <laughs> See you. Bye, guys.